You know, I, I'm sorry, but after that big stink in the smell lab, I hesitate to send you into the touch and taste labs. Perhaps I should end my open house right here. Now listen, you bird brains! If you're gonna keep your jobs, you gotta get hit! Here in Florida, we have something special, a blessing of sign. There's enough land here to hold all of the ideas and plans we could possibly imagine. W Radio, your information station. Hello, my friend, and welcome to the WW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I am your host, Lou Mangello, and this is show number 554. I'm here not only to help you have the best vacation experience when you go to the Disney parks, but I also want to bring you a little bit of Disney magic wherever you are with the podcast, videos, live video broadcasts on Facebook every Wednesday night, my books, audio tours, special events, and more. Whether you are a first-time visitor or have been to the parks hundreds of times, if you're planning a vacation or just love the history, details, secrets, and stories, there is something here for you because each week I'm going to take you from the parks to the screens and everything in between. And if you're a new listener, be sure and go back and check out some or all of the past episodes for interviews, top tens, reviews, and more in iTunes or over at www.radio.com. So there are so many classic and modern Disney films that have been brought to life as attractions in the Disney parks, but there are still so many that haven't. We're going to have a lot of fun this week as we explore our top 10 Disney movies that should be made into attractions. We'll discuss what film and why, where it should go, and maybe what it should even look like. And of course, I'm going to ask you to share your favorite film-to-attraction ideas as well. I'll then have the answer to our last Walt Disney World trivia question of the week, and I'll pose a new challenge for your chance to win a Disney prize package. Then stay tuned to the end of the show, as I'll have more information about upcoming events, broadcasts from Galaxy's Edge in Disneyland, meet of the month, your voicemails, and more. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WDW Radio Show. Part of Walt Disney's original concept for Disneyland was this idea of bringing the animated stories that he and his team told to life in three-dimensional environments so we could not just be passive observers to the film, but active participants in them. And so many classic Disney films have been made into attractions, but there are still so many that haven't. Some very popular, some less so. And if you ask anybody what their favorite Disney movie is, you'll not only get a very wide variety and spectrum of answers, but probably many that are not represented as attractions in the Disney parks. And I think a list of attractions we would love to see come to the Disney parks can and maybe should be based on ones that would bring us 
personal happiness, not necessarily ones that, you know, a bean counter's examination of what would necessarily be the greatest revenue generators or merchandise sellers or Instagram wallable films should be the basis for it. But this week, we're going to look at our top 10, I'm going to say ish because there's no way it's going to be 10, top 10-ish movies that should be made into Disney Parks attractions. And joining me this week is someone we love to see in the parks, a character who deserves his own movies, and I'm not sure if that's a horror, a buddy comedy, a romance, a documentary, or a tragedy. He is, of course, little Timmy Foster, the brains, the beauty, and the publisher behind Celebrations Magazine. (laughs) My movies, you would cry with... Well, we're going to get to crying in a little bit, but... Thanks, Lou. And you know, it's funny because as I was thinking about movies that could, I have a top 10 re, top 10, you know, we're we're in an era right now of remaking, especially a lot of animated films as live action, remaking some of the animated films, but including Timmy Foster. You know, there could be the adventures of Timmy Foster and Mr. Toad, So Dear to My Heart, starring Timmy Foster. Yeah. Yeah, the reluctant I, Tim. There's, I, there's a lot. I love it. Can I tell people what I told you with no spoilers? Tim Foster, the Highland Rogue. Timmy <laughs> Foster, King of the Wild Frontier. I've been called worse. Oh, it, and sometimes by, by you, me, but by, <laughs> by you and and everybody. No, um, no. Can I t- since we're talking about movies? Since I, I'm going to tell everybody what I told you two seconds ago. Again, there's no spoilers coming, so don't worry. But just saw. Oh, you had a caveat too, which you may, you may mention as you go through the non-existent rules that Correct. I wasn't aware of when you start this. But uh, saw Endgame today, and it should be no surprise to anybody. I cried no less. I counted seventeen times, and I was trying to hold it in seventeen times. So. And I'll make a, a Marvel reference: proof that Timmy ta- Timmy Foster has a heart. Yes. Right. Thank. Wow. Really? You needed right. proof. Okay. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> so, all right. So but the rules. Your just caveat are, was, though. Right. So, that's so, okay. So I will lay out a little bit. And this very much was a, here's an idea. Movies that should be made into attractions. You said I dig it. I said let's go. And, and I think these are movies that, and, and this, look, I think this is going to be one of the most fun top tens that we have done because this is not just you and I, but this is you, the listener, sitting with us to share your ideas as well. These are ones that we would love to ride or love to see in some capacity in the parks. And I think when you first start to hear this topic, you figure, well, there's going to be some obvious ones that come to the list. But what I think people might not realize, Timmy Foster, is just how many films did, all right, how ballpark? About how many movies do you think the Disney Studios has produced or created? Ooh, are we counting Pixar? All right, so well, if you count Pixar, then do you, do we want to include you know Hollywood Pictures and Touchstone and Marvel and Star Wars? No, you can say no, little Timmy Foster, just Disney, no Pixar. Don't mess it up. So go ahead, just lay. Just I'm I'm thinking ballpark. Uh, three, four, 
Four. four. There's four, four. films four. total. Four. <laughs> Dumbo, Reluctant Dragon, and Victory Dumbo. Through Air Power. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, 32. if, I don't, you, know, if you take question. the studios themselves, I mean, if you just take the studios themselves, again, we're not limiting this to animated so the gnome mobile is 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 fair game i mean you're, you're uh, over 500 thanks that was my first one i figured it was but you're over i mean you you're you're past you're probably about 750 if you include hollywood touchstone marvel and star wars but just from the walt disney studios themselves you're you're probably you're definitely over 500 and so again we didn't well, talk about any rules ahead of time you are more than welcome if you like if you pick a film that may have uh, some type of in-park representation, so, and forgive me if I'm stealing one of yours, just because Tangled has a restroom, yeah. it doesn't Come mean on. that you can't. <laughs> but the one thing I will tell you that I am going to exclude is the yeah. aforementioned Star Wars and Marvel, for yeah, obvious reasons. You did lay right? that out very clearly. But what I would like you to include as best as you can, and this is... I want this to be a communal experiment. Try and include where it should go and what it would look like. Is it going to be a show? Is it an attraction? Is it a dark ride? Is it a roller coaster? And there's, there's other than that, the, the rules are there ain't no rules. There's no rhyme or reason. You are my friend. You are my guest. I am wildly curious as to what your list is going to look and sound like. So please kick things off with White Fang 2, Myth of the White Wolf. Okay, so picture this. You're in a dark room. <laughs> um, no, I had, I had, well, a bunch. I'm going to start. I dipped into the Pixar pool quite a bit. And, you know, it's funny because I, when I was trying to figure out how many, and I picked 10, figuring you were going to steal if I pick five, you're going to steal all of them. And you already knocked out two, so I'm already down two. But uh, it was it was funny because I was thinking of some and then remembering, oh, wait. Like I was thinking, like, we should have a dark ride of Alice in Wonderland. Oh, wait, there's teacups. That's right. But I don't go on the teacups, as you know. So. And, and that's what I'm thinking. Just because there's a teacup attraction, it doesn't mean that you yeah. can't say you would like to have well, an Alice Well, I self-impose that rule upon myself. So, you know, we'll see. Now, that being said, as I go through these, I may unwittingly have forgotten that there's a you know, a white, whatever thing you said, a and brother bear attraction. And you have in, been to uh, Disneyland, uh, haven't you? Kingdom, Kingdom. Excuse me. You have been to Disneyland. I mean, you mentioned I Alice was in Wonderland. I'm with you, Lou. I know, but you said Alice in Wonderland as if it did not already it's have there. an attraction. Yeah. No, yeah, I know, and 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 yeah. <laughs> so that was so, a bad example. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, I'm, no, I'm, I'm, I'm imagining our imagined scenario is in Walt Disney World. Okay. So if it exists in Disneyland or Tokyo Disney or Hong Kong or somewhere else, that doesn't. It didn't matter to me. Now. Okay, so so tell me where tell me where your Toby Tyler attraction is going to go. My who? Oh, <laughs> Darby O'Gill uh, and the Little People. <laughs> um, all right, I'm I'm gonna get to my real first one. The first one that came to mind was one of my all-time favorite films. I've said this on your show: the most, the the, the greatest romantic film ever, ever committed to celluloid, animated, real, anything. Wally. <gasps> 
Timmy Foster. <gasps> my hand to God, the first one on but my list is Wally. I stole one from you. I love it. Now, this is great. So this is fun. So I'm going to tell you. I, I didn't. I, I will admit I didn't spend hours dreaming up the mechanics and the plot line and the lighting and the sound and all for this. So I, I have a, a rough idea of what I want. But I'm curious, since this was on your list, too, if we were even close as to what we mm-hmm. think this ride would be. So I'm thinking I am, I'm going to throw a couple roller coasters in there. But as everyone knows, my uh, fear of slightly scary things, my roller coasters are going eight miles an hour. So just so everybody knows, but Wally, I'm imagining we're in the desert earth, you know, we're Wally. We are Wally. And we always run into this problem. Well, maybe Wally's next to us. Cause I know uh, <laughs> there's been incidences with Peter Pan and Snow White where you were supposed to be Peter Pan or Snow White. And a lot of people didn't get that and wondered where they were. So I, I don't want you to think Wally's missing. So we'll have him rolling alongside you. But anyway, we're rolling along the desert in oh some omnibuber kind of thing. By some magical machination of the Imagineers, which thankfully I don't have to dream of and invent, we are lifted up, you know, at five miles an hour, but straight up in the air, and the sky turns to black, and all of a sudden we're in space. And then we have the sensation of floating. And then we board the Axiom and we go, I'm envisioning a test track kind of zoom, zoom thing rolling all around the ship. And we have our encounters with the, the bad guys and the bad robots and all that kind of stuff. And then in my version, we suddenly come to a stop and there before us in all its 3D holographic animatronic glory is Eve and Wally holding hands I'm crying, you're crying, we're all crying, and we plummet straight down into a lush, green, livable, vibrant planet Earth, fade to black. And the associated Wally restaurant and gift shop. Well, yeah. <laughs> Wait, the restaurant would be like we'd all be sitting in the chairs and oh. – my, you know, that would be my dream come true. Just around, those... you know, we just punch in what we want, <laughs> and it comes up. That would be. I like that. So I'm clearly with you. I love, love, love this film. I love the character. I love the spectacular visualizations. I love the fact that, especially early on in the film, there is minimal, if not zero, dialogue. The, the yes. characters' voices are with the are, are conveyed via the spectacular animation. I love that it's a love story. I love listen, top 10 things I love about Wally easily. <laughs> but I also think this very much lends itself to an attraction that I believe could live in Tomorrowland, but oh, probably yeah, I tell you where it was. Sorry. I actually think it would it would work better in Epcot. So mm-hmm. I think I'm very much along the lines with you of a ride through attraction of the Axiom and Earth. I think that by putting it in Epcot, and again, what's old is new again, go back to sort of the early missions and messaging of Epcot, the idea of teaching about conservation and protecting the Earth and, and you know, 
sustainability and things like that are important lessons that can be taught in a very fun edutainment kind of way. For a second, I thought, well, you know, there's a space in the land where I was going to call it symbiosis, where Circle of Life used to sit. I, I think Wally is deserving of an attraction, not just a show or a film. Uh, I think there is so much that you can do with this. I think the film still holds up. Can you believe it's been 11 years as the date of what we record this? 11 years later, the film still holds up from, the, again, the minimal voice acting to the music to the visualizations. It, it absolutely deserves a place in the parks, preferably in Epcot. And oh, the merchandise we could enjoy. <laughs> I'd buy it. So I have a feeling um, that Wally, we, that we are not the only two people um, on this big blue, I, I would, blue marble of that. ours. That Actually, it was, it was funny because I was as I was thinking of some, you know, you know, there's some I was thinking of for a second, then realized, no, wait, they have an attraction. And then Wally came to mind and. It was one of those, all right, there's got to be, what am I overlooking and realizing there wasn't? So, yeah, I'm with you. Like, it's, it seems there should be or, and it's or funny it would have been done a long time ago, but no. So. I don't think Wally gets as much love as it deserves. Like, if you I, really? go back to 2008, it, I think it was that year or somewhere around there, I think time voted it, like, Either number, I think it was number two, or actually maybe number one best movies of the decade. Yeah, I, I so it it still remains one of my favorite Disney films. Again, I love the character. I love the love story that's yeah. told. Listen, you know what? I don't care. I cry. I cry every time <laughs> I, I watch that yeah. movie, and not just the scenes that you're supposed to cry. I, I watch during, you know. Whatever. I won't tell you the scene, the parts that I cry, but I cry a lot, and it's it's a good cry, kids. It's a good cry. So, I think I'm going to download that to watch on my next flight. Um, (laughs) You know, I think by the end of this, we're going to have like 27 movies we're going to go watch tonight. I think so, including what I'm going to put next on my list. Yes, because I don't think that it's probably on yours. So, and I'm going to stay in the science fiction vein um <laughs> is that a, is that a good uh is that a good i, I don't know guess? i'm curious i think i'm safe but so i'm going to go back uh, a little bit further about seven years earlier from wally to what one might consider one of the first animated sci-fi films and it does not take place out in space it takes place under the sea. And I don't mean the little mermaid mermaid. I mean Atlantis, the that lost empire. Is it really? No. Oh god. Yeah, well, I, I had it honorably mentioned because I didn't get through. <laughs> but go, uh, again, go that's that's why it's it's a film that I think has some some wonderfully bright moments. It obviously did not necessarily perform as well as maybe it could have. It obviously was inspired by, and I, and I love Jules Verne and 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, but I think this is a classic story that can be explored inside the parks in a wonderful kind of way. Now, I want to, before people say, what, Lou, wasn't there? Yes, there was actually supposed to be an Atlantis attraction in Disneyland, 
So when the submarine voyage that was there for, I think, just about four decades or so, uh, when they closed that attraction, um, it was supposed to be replaced by a, a quest to Atlantis and they were going to add a, a volcano there and the monorail was going to go through it. And so there was a lot of, um, there was a lot of, of money and resources and, uh, and attention into creating this attraction that would not have just been the, the submarine voyage, but you would have been able to sort of get out and explore the world of Atlantis. And they actually put, um, tarps up sort of covering that area for a while giving the hint that it was going to happen but unfortunately when atlantis uh came out in in 2001 it didn't necessarily perform in the box office as well as disney had hoped for so it didn't make sense necessarily to invest such considerable resources to create an attraction that might not have been um, um, as well received in the films, and it's too bad. Look, I, I love Don Hahn's work, and I think this is is some of his best overlooked. If you remember too, Tim, there was a lot of famous people that. So, who led his voice to the the lead character? Why you do this to me, Rosie Michael Perez. J. Fox? Exactly, but James Garner was in it. Yeah. David Alkenstiers was in there. So Jim Varney, Corey Burton, Leonard Nimoy. So there was a lot. So James Newton Howard. I, I was right with Rosie Perez, right? Did, okay. So the, Wait, who's, but who's so Joss Whedon and I love 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 Joss Whedon for oh so listen let, don't even yeah, get me on a Firefly that's tangent. A whole other show. Firefly, how I love and miss you. So anyway, so Atlantis: The Lost Empire. There were plans to create an attraction. I still think there is such wonderful mystery and, and additional stories that can be told about this lost city that tie back to the film as well as some additional storytelling elements that you can add. Again, this is one that could be grand in scope. It obviously needs an underwater component. If you were to put this in Walt Disney World, I don't know exactly where because I wouldn't want to cannibalize another attraction or take something out to put this in. So, I don't know, blow out the back of Fantasyland and, and start start <laughs> building there. But whether it's there or at Hollywood Studios, um, and again, I'm sort of going to take a little bit of poetic license in terms of uh, where they, they could necessarily go and sort of, you know, uh, imagine there was more land maybe at those parks than, than there could be. But an Atlantis lost empire, um, I, I think it would be combination dark ride um harkening back to the old 20,000 leagues under the sea i think there could be almost a post maybe like the original disneyland concept a post submarine ride element where you would actually as if you went into pandora as if you went into batu going into this world of atlantis and then finding some way to have a portal that would bring you back into the disney parks Think about what you can do from a visual perspective. Think about how you feel when you go to the living seas and you look at the, the tanks and the water. 
what you might be able to do with a little bit more of a fantasy element to it um, and the, the stories of Atlantis. And again, I'll, I'll mention this many, many times, the idea of, of period pieces. This was set in, I think, 1914, 1915, somewhere around there. What you can do with uh, that time frame in terms of decoration and what the submarines would look like, I think it could be spectacular. It would be. It's. I. I would tell you, Atlantis is has the distinction of being the first DVD I ever owned. Wow! Wow! And you bought that what last year? Uh, <laughs> yeah, come on. Uh, no, it's funny because when I put, I, I jotted it down because I had the idea. I, I the first idea was twenty thousand leagues under the sea, like bringing it back, and then oh, Atlantis. It would be cool if they were combined, but then. I was thinking, you know, I wonder if that happened. And I loved all your ideas. And I guess you could maybe combine them, but I imagine there might be a lot of people who would love it and a lot of people who would, how dare you sully the good name of 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea and run this into it. But, uh, you know, I will make it two separate attractions. That's fine. And I will say it. So is or was 20,000 Leagues on your list? In 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 the as part of Atlantis, and it was kind of a oh by the way on my list. I didn't really. It it, it would not have made my top ten, but twenty thousand leagues is absolutely on my list. Um, and and uh, there's well, a, clearly there's a Tokyo Disney Sea attraction in Mysterious Island, which was unfortunately closed when I was there. So I don't know what it looks like, but I'm sure it is spectacular. Based on everything, is I would be happy for that to come here or some sort of an extension of it because I love the story. I love the old film. I, I won't burden you with my incredibly awful James Mason impression. But no, come <laughs> on, come on. You, you tease, you tease. Yeah, so that's, often, about, that's you all know? you got. So I, I just by the while you're speaking about your amazing impressions. Just you know, I can sing you I, when we're done, I'll sing Whale of a Tale. What? <laughs> Got a whale of a tail to tell you, lads. A whale of a tail or two. Well, yeah. Not the flapping fish. No, I love when I take this one. Just, just having been in Disney, and we're going to get back to my recent trip, my <laughs> friends. But um, uh, I, you, you've ruined isn't quite the right word, but you've you've changed <laughs> Spaceship Earth for me forever, as you probably have with a million friends. And I wasn't going to bring this up because there was no context to bring it up, but you provided it for me, my dear friend, when you talked about your impressions, because I cannot go through the computer room without a lady going through my head. And it's all your fault. And I'm actually, I think I screamed it a couple times and they had to stop the ride. Ticket, so. You're welcome. You Thank are you. welcome. So my next one, there um, was mermaid mini Meadow down in Madagascar. Yeah, what? <laughs> she would kiss me any time that I would ask her. Then one evening, her flame of love blew out. Blow me down and pick me up. She swapped me for a trap. Sorry, sorry. I almost started singing. I had to catch myself. Go ahead. <laughs> what is wrong with you? <laughs> All right, so anyway. Top 10, uh, list, top 10 things that are wrong with me. Go ahead. Oh, no. Uh, I think a few of these, you're not, weren't even close to your list. I'm going to grab one that I think may have snuck on your list. Uh, or anybody's list for that matter. Um, and again, this is one I, I had to think about. And man, if I'm missing something, I, I feel really bad that like 
why isn't this an attraction somewhere? Come on, say Herbie goes bananas. Herbie goes bananas. Yeah, I mean, why? I mean, Herbie <laughs> is a, an icon. Why is that not an attraction? He did have were, a car in Lights, Motors, Action for a little while, but that's about it. Yes, that's not good enough, though. I want more. The people want more. And what they want is for that to be next to the Incredibles attraction, which I'm proposing they build. That's right. Not on my list. Really? Not on my list. How is that not on your list? Uh, well, because your list is better than mine. But uh, <laughs> all right. Anyways, well, you know, I'm going to kick myself if one of my close to my heart ones is on your list now because I was going to get this out of it. No, but I'm thinking an Incredibles themed attraction. And you know what, Lou? I'm going. I'm making this a roller coaster. I'm going to do it. No chicken exit for little Timmy Foster. This is going to be a roller coaster. It's going to be fast. It's not going to go upside down, but it might go fast. I don't know how you'd pull this off, but I, I'm going to leave it up to the Imagineers at Disney to figure out how you're going to make this happen. But I'm thinking uh, this is no slow ride. This is no dark ride. This is no boat ride. This is excitement. This is thrills. Tim, so, wait, I, gotta, I, <laughs> I have to stop it because I'm going to get yelled at if I don't. If I don't, what? So, what did I do? <laughs> what did I do? And just to make sure I'm clear, you want to you want to have a an Incredibles themed roller coaster. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we would even call it something like the Incredicoaster. You could, or we see. could even maybe maybe we could put it in Pixar <laughs> Pier. In t- t- the- Wait, <laughs> in Walt Disney World. So, so is it a copy of the Incredicoaster from Pixar Pier, or Eviden- is it completely- evidently so? <laughs> Wait a minute, hold on. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna look this up. It's D I S N E Y L A N D. Oh wait, yeah, there is one. Look at that. That's pretty cool. No. I love. It. I'm, I'm giving you. A, I'm not laughing at you. I'm giving you such a hug. It's not even funny. No, no, mine's different. Okay, but in Walt Disney World, where's the Incredibles attraction? Where is it? Well, there's that. So we're going to bring this to Florida, and we're going to make it better. I don't know what this thing is. I see wooden stuff. Yeah, yeah, whatever. So it's fine. Imagine this, though. You're in. It's indoors, first of all, and you've got different segments. And you know what? This is the Incredibles two roller coaster. Okay. Oh, now that's completely different. Now I understand. Okay. So. All right, so in uh, in these segments, you're you're in. A, imagine the space that the tunnel in Space Mountain. That's kind of what we're talking about here. So for the first one, I don't know how. So imagine around you, you know, there's you're enclosed and they can project images on said screen while you're riding along. And your first, you're in segments for the different characters. So you're going to be with Elastigirl. You'll see her. You'll see her stretch out somehow. I, it's up to the guys at the you know, at the Disney place, it'll look like the, the, the tracks place. in front of you stretch out infinitely as you race up the hill or down the hill. Then you're going to zip into a room with Violet at your side until she disappears halfway through. But then you'll have a blue uh, shield around your car as things are firing at you but bouncing off. And then you can go into a jack-jack tunnel where there's fireballs and all things. Now, this one's going to twist and turn because you've got a lot of thefts to avoid with the laser beams and the fireballs and all that kind of stuff. Then you're coming to a stop. And then 
dash is going to come in and you're going to go zero. We're going to we're going to best the rock and roll coast. We're going to go zero to 200 miles an hour in three points. <laughs> and then Mr. Incredible is going to come up on the screen and you're going to be zooming towards what looks to be a brick wall. Smash right through it. A stone wall. Smash right through it. A cement wall. Smash right through it. So your final encounter swirling and spinning and all around with Syndrome trying to fire stuff at you and all the Incredibles coming in with all of their powers to to rid the world of Syndrome and the bad guys and you return safe and sound to Earth where the Underminer comes, but you get to run out the door before he gets there. And I apologize to everyone who goes to Disneyland. <laughs> no, I love it because you you describe exactly the Incredicos. No, I'm kidding. And look, you, you now have you now have. Well, I, I, I see little tunnels on there. So you have you, uh, that little section of Municipalburg where Pixar Place used to be at Disney's Hollywood Studios. So you can sort of take the back area put it there, where yeah. the dance party is and uh, and put it there. So put it there. But my version's better. Absolutely. And what you call the, the, the people that make it, you know, those guys that build things over there? Is that what you think? Yeah, those okay. guys. <laughs> they know what they know what's going we, on. We and listen, we all get you. I, I I get it and and I and I dig it. I do. I, I do. Okay. Okay. I totally dig it. Um <laughs> for I need to I need a moment to recover. So You liked the zero to two hundred, didn't you? I did. I did. Yeah. Because it's okay. And I would I would go I would go on that. Um, I'd pass out, but I'd go on it. I, I don't think you could survive that. Could you survive that? No, you couldn't. No, but that's okay. Well, I am. Uh, I am going to go. Actually, what 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 came up next on my list, and the way I did this, Tim, was I just sat down with with a blank document and just sort of brain dumped what came to my head. And it, for me, it was Wally. It was Atlantis. And it, it very quickly could have been number two, but it's the Rocketeer. And, mm. and again, I know Rocketeer might not be one that everybody's even familiar with. It's a 1991. Again, it's a period piece. I love, you know, the the, the setting of the 1930s. Bill Campbell was in it. I may or may not still have a crush on Jennifer Connelly and Alan Arkin. It's because yeah. he doesn't, right? James Bond, Timothy Dalton Arkin. was in it. Paul Sorvino, who I loved. But I, I, I dug this film. It's set in 3839 in LA. Um, this is a is a movie that was in, in development for a long period of time. And I think that there's a lot that you can do with this. Again, you've got sort of this mid-30s daredevil pilot so you can easily do something akin to a soren type attraction a a simulator almost if you wanted to do you know i'm not even sure i want to do sort of yet another star tours type simulator but you've got um you've got uh, uh, uh gangsters and you've got nazis and you've got mayhem and zeppelins and things like that and i think that you could leverage some of the things that were in the film like the national air races and lucky lindy's flying school and the air show and the bulldog cafe which is sort of that california crazy was in the shape of obviously a, a, a bulldog so you could have a, a number of different types of uh, attractions here um 
clearly it has to be one that gives you that sense of flight. Maybe it's something more akin to a um, uh, an avatar, you know, a- attraction in Pandora than simply like, you know, a, a spinning ride or, or yet another dark ride. It does not have to be so you can ride. It doesn't have to be this crazy, you know, upside down, super fast, 200 mile an hour roller coaster. But you can give that sensation of being in an air show um, in, you know, a, a plane that you can control or a plane that's being controlled with that with that cool 30s feel to it. You know, everything that we have is in, in terms of the, the, the simulator attractions are more current or futuristic think about how cool so almost take sort of a think jock Lindsay's right that almost that that similar sort of time frame but making that into an attraction and being in a prop plane and maybe there's some you know loops and things that you'd see in an air show and obviously there's you know there's bad guys and villains and, and things like that but um I think that you you can I love this because of it taking place in the air. I love the 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 time period of it. I don't think that there's anything really like that um in terms of a a, a retro flight simulator as opposed to a futuristic flight simulator. Think about having that little cafe next door and that cool sort of uh, clearly fits right within the the time frame and I'm getting more excited the more I start to think this out of <laughs> Disney's Hollywood Studios whether it exists you know near or around Hollywood and Sunset somewhere um you know maybe where um you know when you first walk into the studios you know the old curio shop is gone and there's backstage areas there maybe back there is where you go to the air show and maybe you you know get in in go to Lucky Lindy's Flying School or there's a, you know, maybe it's a museum type of thing that has an attraction in it. I don't know, but I love it and I dig it. Rocketeer is, look, clearly this list comes from my heart. This is not one that is necessarily, like I said, based on what I think is going to make the most money. It's the ones that I feel are worthy of an attraction Rocketeer, I love you so. You, my friend, are worthy of an attraction. That that's. If anyone's wondering, my cat's behind me talking to me. In case you hear him. <laughs> oh, you're Say not crazy at all. <laughs> you're, Hello, there. Hello, everybody. No, it's 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 interesting. No, I love it, and it's. I think it's um, it's cool because this, we did an article in this uh, magazine that we do. Um, a couple of years ago, one of our writers, Ian, who's done several articles for us, this was his first one, and uh, he was championing the. If I said that right, the, uh, the pitching the, the the proposal of doing a Rocketeer piece, um, which we did do. And then one of the things we I found out when we did it, though, and it would be it would be cool if I brought this back. One, it's it's a, it's a, like you said, it's a movie. Not, probably not everyone is familiar with, so it's you know it's a good introduction to a part of Disney that some people might not be aware of. You know, but the other thing we noticed in doing the article was we were talking about it was more about references to the Rocketeer that were in the parks, 
And sadly, a lot of the ones that he was talking about were not there anymore to make way for um, uh, the expansion at Hollywood Studios. So this would be so in some ways a welcome return of the Rocketeer, even though I th- I, a lot of the references that we were talking about probably went way over everybody's head. I personally didn't when I was reading it, I was like, oh, that's what that was. So, And I did um, forget, I'm sorry, I did forget to mention before you move on to your next one, if if you are yeah. interested in it, Rocketeer and some of the references to Rocketeer in the parks, if you go back to show 256, we recorded live at Hollywood Studios, a yeah. little ditty I like to call On the Trail of the Rocketeer. Where there you we, go. Jim Corcus and I talk not only about the film, but we tour Hollywood studios and we point out all the props and the details and the stories that relate to the film. When was, when did you do that? Uh, show two fifty six is probably around 2012 or so, which now, as I say oh, that out wow. loud, it sounds like it. That, wow. Seven years ago. That's a long time. Yeah. No. So it's funny. Uh, uh, maybe I'll listen to the show. I should listen to your show once in a while. Um, <laughs> Thank you. But we might find like a lot of things you talk. We found like they're not, you know, they had gone by the wayside to make room for stuff. Although some do remain, but it's it's, it's cool to um, for me to have uh, our writer Ian write this because he did a great job with it. Even to me to point out stuff that I saw but didn't realize what the significance of it was. That's a whole other show. But um, yeah, I, I love it. So my next. One. All right, I'm going right. You went. These are from your heart, as you said. This one is straight from my heart. So I'm going to go right to this one. I will cry on this one. I'm going to tell you flat out. Um, Princess Diaries too. Will you stop reading? My, <laughs> would you have a camera in here? <laughs> You're reading all my notes. Jeez. Um, now we're going back to what I, mean, I, I said. You know, roller coaster before and. A lot of you are probably going, yeah, right, little Timmy Foster's going on the roller coaster. So for those of you who thought that this is going to be a slow boat ride, very gentle. But we're going to Mulan. Hmm. Ooh. Wow. And I dig. I dig. I think it could now this would generate some controversy, I'm sure, but it um you know, could have a home in the at World Showcase in China. But, um, you know, there is the mixing Disney with the culture of World Showcase. And I get that. So we'll just, well, we'll put in fantasy in that and we'll leave it alone. But um, no, wherever you put it, I'm envisioning um, uh, a slow boat ride. And, and you'll see when I get through this, the beginning and the end, I'm kind of, you know, just throwing ideas out. There's one moment in this attraction that I want, and I really am building this whole thing around one moment. So in the beginning, you're in the village, and you see people going about their business, and I'm thinking glorious animatronics, the likes of which we've never seen before. And we're going in room to room, kind of like, you know, small world kind of thing. Um, Right away, second or third room, though, we're going to be, before you yell at me, though, hold on. Bear with me. We're going to a room filled with trees. While you're looking that up, I want you to know that I'm singing Let's Get Down to Business in my head, like borderline out loud. Okay. Hold on. Is it Cherry Blossoms? (laughs) 
Let's get down to business to defeat the Huns. No. Terry Blossom. I didn't want to misspeak this. Now, now we're in a room. uh, What I'm thinking of is a scene in Mulan that gets me every time. It's a it's a daddy. Are you crying right now? Are you laughing right now? No, it's tears of laughter. It's tears of laughter. Stop it. No, it's when Mulan is sitting there feeling dejected. Not not she doesn't belong. She doesn't whatever. And her father comes and sits next to her and talks about the blossoms and the tree and that one's late and the late ones are always, you know, my, what beautiful blossoms we have this year, but look, this one's late, but that would be the most beautiful one of them all. And that's when I will cry. But I'm imagining you're in a room filled with the cherry blossom trees. And somehow at the end of this scene, all the blossoms kind of flutter around you and you pass through them. It's magical. And you, as, and you go through into the next part, which will take you uh, to meet up with Mushu and you're in the mountains and you're fighting and you end up back in the uh, Forbidden City with fireworks going off and da 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 da, da. But my, the whole attraction to me is centered around the Cherry Blossom Room. And that's the room that I want to have. I'm really not explaining this that great, but this it's about one moment. One moment. And that's Save me, Lou. Look at me. I will never pass for a perfect bride or a perfect daughter. Can it be I'm not meant to play this part? Are you doing a bit now? No, I'm sing- I was. I'm about to sing Reflection. Oh, go, go, go. Do it. Who's that girl I see staring straight back at me? Why is my reflection someone I don't know? Anyway, listen, I'm in a very emotional, sing-songy type of mood tonight. And and some of these films, I remember, you know, so Mulan um, and, and some of these films that my kids loved, we sang the songs all the time. And we used to, my kids used to act out. My son used to take, I'm going to start to cry. My son used to take uh, wrapping paper tubes and used to do Let's Get Down to, oh my goodness. And used to stop, sing, stop. used to, to sing Let's Get Down to Business to defeat the Huns in my basement office. So I, I do uh, have very much, I told you this was, I didn't, I thought this was going to be more fun than it was tears, but it, I have an emotional connection to it. It's a beautiful film. I agree with you 110% in terms of the locations and atmosphere and the music that could make for a beautiful attraction. Look, it could be a, sh- this could be a live stage show and I would be happy with it. Look, there's, it's no mistake that Beauty and the Beast has been playing at Disney's Hollywood Studios, yeah. the exact yeah. same show for like 80 years because it still holds up. I think Mulan is a show that, although, the, wow, 1998, that even though the film is relatively old, um, could still be very popular, and it's because of the visuals. It's it's certainly because of the music and and Donny Osmond. Well, yeah. Well, it's funny because I was watching it the other night, and again, get to the same scene, and and there you go. And I I really did not do this just. I should have thought that out more. But um, as I'm thinking, as you're talking, I'm thinking, you know, if it is a boat ride, you could do things like um, have cherry blossom scents waft through the room when you're in that room and then feel the cold breezes of the mountains as you're there and smell the gunpowder, the fireworks in the final scene. There's so much you could do with, uh, with your senses. I was going to say sensorily, but that's not a word. 
sensorily. But you um, say senses, I think restaurant. So I'm thinking, well, then you I'm thinking of my sense of taste. Cafe and get yourself an egg roll when you're done. If that's oh, gosh, I want Chinese food or so whatever bad right I call it. <laughs> um, But I, I think you could do, like, if it were a ride through, you could do so much with the visuals and, and, and again, and, and, and the, the, the 4D of, you know, attractions that introduce scents and breezes and cold, you know, you could feel the cold of the mountains and all that kind of stuff. And, and a little humor with uh, some little dragon guy popping his head up every once in a while. Well, and I think but what... in the end, it's about the tears, and everyone will walk out weeping. Uh, fathers will be hugging their daughters. Yeah. And I think what but... is unique about the Mulan film itself was it was very much inspired by, you know, original ancient Chinese art. So a lot of the aesthetics yeah. from the film are yeah. very sort of simpler designs like early sort of watercolors as opposed to ones. So I I'm trying imagining what those visuals would look like from a a first person perspective as you go through those environments. Wait, I'm getting to the Chinese restaurant. You get, you gave me a great idea. So imagine as you're going through room to room and some of the rooms are, this reminds me of something, I guess they do this on, one of the cruise lines, one of the restaurants. Like, it's uh, basically a blank slate when you go in, and everything is painted around you in that style. Like it was a like a Chinese watercolor painting, like the mountains and all of that, and they were just brought to life that way. Ooh. Well, and look, you know, this one is actually, although we're talking about the animated film, it's actually somewhat timely with the live action film coming out in what I believe is late March 2020. See, it's perfect. So you, you're you really more of a visionary than anything else, Tim. I am. I'm, I'm glad you noticed. <laughs> and, a, and a romantic. Yes. And it's your turn. It is. Um, <laughs> I, I am actually, again, I'm, I'm not looking at my list. I'm just going to go straight down it because I'm, I want to go in the order as sort of which they came to me. And the next one came to me for a number of reasons because I love the film. I think that I enjoy it not just because, and it's it's an animated film, again, I think it's one that combines a, a number of things that I just enjoy, even taking Disney out of the equation, right? I, I certainly can appreciate wonderfully animated films, but it's a superhero movie. It. <gasps> Uh, it's not a Marvel movie. It's a it's a superhero movie that actually um, is based on characters that uh, were not necessarily Disney characters at first, but were eventually uh, acquired by Disney. And it there is a Marvel connection. And I'm going to and I think it it absolutely fits in my rules. I'm going to San Francisco and Big Hero Six. Mm. I, I love this movie yeah. so again this is relatively recent it's 2014 and we do have a Baymax uh, or did have a Baymax meet and greet with Hero at Disneywood, Disney's Hollywood Studios for a little while but still there I saw so and I and he's a hugger like me yeah, so like you but I also you're, you're cuddlier but thank you we yeah. although 
I have that very non-threatening, huggable design, much like Baymax, um, based on all the Chinese food that I've been eating. But again, for me, this combines... Um, I, I, so I, I love Japanese culture and Japanese history and things like that. So San Francisco um, uh, integrates some of those elements of Tokyo and Japan. It's a superhero movie. I love so many of the voice actors, uh, TJ Miller, James Cromwell, Alan Tudyk, again, another Firefly restaurant, restaurants. Wow. I'm really another Firefly <laughs> restaurant <laughs> reference. Um, but uh, and there's actually they actually created the um, uh, I think it maybe is still on there was there's a big Hero Six animated series on I think it maybe it's Disney Channel and Disney HD but this is one too Tim that hits all of the requisite touch points in terms of emotion and loss and love and friendship and family and all those things that make for a, a, a classic. Disney film, look, you've got the elements of a beautiful environment in San Francisco, which is clearly a a, a, a fictional location that's a combination of, of San Francisco and Tokyo. You've got great characters like Gogo and Wasabi and Honey Lemon, and you can't forget Fred. And you have this superhero that in some regards is like me squishy and fluffy but then also is armored up and imagine some sort of interactive adventure where you are maybe you're flying on Baymax like Hero was so think almost a flight of passage type thing where you sort of are hero and you're you're strapped on the back of Baymax you're flying through San Francisco maybe you're fighting robotic bad guys and microbox and a man in a kabuki mask. That's a really bad impression of the guy, the cop that said the man in a kabuki mask. But <laughs> but there's a lot that you can do with it. I could certainly see this in Tomorrowland. Um, it could certainly fit in Disney's Hollywood Studios. Ideally, I would love to maybe see it in some sort of a waterside, seaside location. Not that there's any of those places in Tomorrowland, but <laughs> as long as we are being well, uh, armchair Imagineers. You can make one. Exactly. You can do whatever you want. Your imagination is your only limit. And there's such cool technology that is utilized, you know, especially from some of the other characters that Hero and the characters help develop. Um I think there's a lot of fun stuff you could do. I Listen, I still wish there was more Big Hero 6 merchandise, which mm. you don't hear people say, I wish there was more merchandise. For I do, and I would love to see more Big Hero 6 in the parks as I stare at my Big Hero 6 poster, which sits right in front of my computer on my wall. So I, I speak again from the heart. And by the way, Stan Lee, one of the best Stan Lee cameos ever. Oh. I'll have to watch. You don't know who Stan. You don't even know who Stanley is, do you? Stanley, who? <laughs> Yikes! <laughs> That's a Big Bang Theory joke. Sorry, sorry, kids. Um, you, yeah, and you, and you want a sushi restaurant next to it, right? Well, it goes without saying. Well, yeah. So, <laughs> no, I love that one. I, I really need a hug now for some reason. The best part is, um, I know what to get you for Christmas now. So, <laughs> thank you very much for that. Um, now, that was a great one. Um, the next one I'm doing is 
I, I don't think it's a go with me there. If any, if any of these were a go with me here, it's this one, but I don't think it really falls for that. This one is, um, this is one I would, I would love. This is, but this is for my daughter. If you're listening and she listens to your show all the time. So I know she's listening. A night home on the range. What? Home on the range. <laughs> home on the range. <laughs> I nah, just she, love the yodels. I love the yodeling song so very much from that. He finds home on the range a bit pretentious. <laughs> so uh, she doesn't. She doesn't have time for that. No, uh, I, I, I'm talking Nightmare Before Christmas, which is one of her all-time favorite movies, and. I'm thinking we have the haunted mansion. Uh, so I'm thinking this needs to be far away from the haunted mansion, like over, I don't know, the studios or something. Cause it's certainly, I'm not meaning to compete with it, but I think there's room for something scary and, and, and whatever. Um, and I was thinking the mechanics for this. Uh, it could be, could be flight passage thing i was more thinking very unimaginatively thinking doom buggies and and whatnot but imagine the experience of your 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 you're in town your halloween town when you're whatever. this is very goth by the way so all everyone who's into that the macabre goth mac, mac i can't talk that kind of thing would love this attraction. And I know Nightmare Before Christmas is a huge fan following. So I think it would be very popular. But um, imagine you're somehow going through the village, uh, whether it's via Doom Buggy or Passage of Flight kind of thing or something. I'm thinking you have the trees with the different holidays that, that the clearing that he comes to. Um, aside from Christmas, there's the other ones. Somehow I'm thinking you could do a random kind of element like you did with Star Tours or you did or you did Horizons where you chose your ending. You could like choose which holiday you wanted to go into. And then you could go in there, have a little bit of whatever, and probably make up some adventures which weren't in the film with Jack Skellington Skellington in these various lands, but then returning and then going into Christmas and finishing up and so forth. I I, I think the coolest part of this uh, attraction like this would be the the prospect if you could dress it up much like they do at the haunted mansion and so forth it's really dressed up not only at halloween but at christmas respectively so i think it could be an attraction that could be different every time you wrote it you could either choose your destination or have it randomly chosen have different experiences and if you came back during halloween it could be totally dressed up for Halloween. If you can't at Christmas, totally dressed up for Christmas. Um, lots of merchandise. I don't think there'd be a restaurant there, Lou, but I'm sorry about that. Maybe a little snack bar, but um, but uh, something. But I think the theming of it could be so cool because the, the look and the feel of Nightmare Before Christmas is so unlike anything else. You know, it's so it's so Tim Burton, you know, and it's it's so unique that the attraction exterior, interior, the the chandeliers, the lights, the the post, everything could have that look, and it would be fully immersing yourself into that movie. Um, and I think it would be a really unique and wild experience. But I think a lot of a lot of there's a lot of fandom out there. I think would really love that kind of thing. I so. agree. 
<clears throat> that there's a lot of people that love Nightmare Before Christmas. Timmy Foster, I- I'm going to be honest. I am not one of those people. Now, let me explain. Whoa! Let Whoa. me explain. I love... All right, good night. I okay. love Halloween, wow. right? Like, if, if I could yeah. get dressed up in costume every other Saturday... I Like, I I love Halloween. The, yes. the kid in me comes out. I love Christmas, right? Marry the two. It's perfect. Tim Burton, I, I have a weird relationship. Not like weird <laughs> as in like weird and creepy, but I have this weird love, not so love relationship with him. Beetlejuice. I love yeah. Beetlejuice. I can sit here and recite practically Beetlejuice for you verbatim, right? Beautiful, right. brilliant, so well done. Pee-wee's big adventure. Like, who loves Pee-wee? This guy. Batman, 1989's Batman still yeah. remains for me one of the best superhero films ever. He helped usher in this, what we're enjoying now in terms of, so I even liked, and I love the original Charlton Heston, Damn Dirty Ape, Planet of the Apes. I actually kind of <laughs> dug his 2001 Planet of the Apes. Okay. But where's, we, the, where'd the horses come from? We start to, we start, there's, there, there's also, a mass. I cannot, as much as I've tried, and every year I say I'm going to try it again. I'm going to try and make myself watch and love Nightmare Before Christmas. I can't seem to do it. I dig the overlay at Disneyland. I like going yeah. to visit the overlay there. Yeah. I'm happy that it is not a permanent thing. Um, wow. I, I, I know. I, and I, Danny Elfman, like I, I dig the music and some of the. <laughs> I cannot, my heart does not swell when I hear Nightmare Before Christmas. I know and I acknowledge and that I am probably or possibly in a minority and that's okay. This is, that's the beauty of this is that there's something for everybody. I tell my kids all the time, Stitch's Great Escape was somebody's favorite attraction. Like (laughs) different strokes for different folks, man. That's what makes the world go round. I promise you, Little Timmy Burton, I will try again <laughs> to watch Nightmare Before Christmas again this year. And and hopefully, as I get older, um, we'll, we'll start to... I, I appreciate the film, certainly for the incredible amount of work that went into creating it. But I don't have, you know, a, a love of the film as much as I, I wish I'd, I... And I'm telling you that I wish that I did. I wish I liked Nightmare well, this, more. This, that's the beauty. See, this attraction will give you that love. You'll, 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 ride, you'll ride and experience in a way you never had before. And it'll all make sense. And, but, but I don't know. Maybe I'll go there and you can do you know, your Country Bear Jamboree and get your foot stomped. It has and, and all the right... And it's fine. That's you, what you can like what what look to paraphrase somebody once said something yeah, it's fine you like what you like i like what i like. there's there's two kinds of people in this world there's the people that like nightmare before christmas and there's those that are wrong that's <laughs> what it is so it's fine you i can- know i and look it's got all i mean look it's got like half the cast of beetlejuice anyway Catherine o'hara yes! and glenn chaddick's like I, I i get it man i i should totally Love this, and I just—I mean, Pee Wee Herman's in it. How could you not? I—I I promise you, I—I <laughs> I will try it again this year. 
<laughs> no, trust me. When you when you when you go on the attraction, that I, I've got it in the works. It, it might it might You're make a convert out. It'll Mulan will make a man out of you. The Nightmare Before Christmas <laughs> attraction might make a, a a a fan out of me. So, it will. We'll, we'll, we'll make it. I didn't. I didn't mean to make that rhyme, but it actually did. Um, okay, so <laughs> we're gonna go from your film, which admittedly is was not on my list, to one, really? to one that I think maybe can be. Near do I say should be mm. on everybody's list? Hmm. And I'm gonna go. I'm going back, baby. I'm going way back you know right now my list the farthest i've gone back is 1991 right yeah. i've been 2001 yeah, i've been 2008 back either, 2014 yeah. i'm yeah. going back to a time of films like the misadventures of merlin jones the three lies of thomasina the moon spinners emile and the detectives but but nestled in between all of those was a little film that came out in July of 1964 by the name. I'm sorry. Uh, no, uh, July, August. I think it came out in August 1964 called Mary Poppins. Now, you Brilliant. may or may not know, and I think we may have actually talked about this on an earlier show. There was supposed to be in lieu of Peter Pan. In Fantasyland and Walt Disney World, you were supposed to go on a jolly holiday with Mary Poppins. That attraction obviously never came to be. The idea was shelved. However, what you might not know is that there were somewhat plans, at least in the mind and heart of Tony Baxter, I'm talking about heart again, for Disneyland. Um, he wanted to create a Mary Poppins Jolly Holiday attraction that he actually started designing back when he was in uh, in college. It, Mary Poppins was, and I'll assume maybe still is, one of his favorite films, and he wanted to take guests on a ride through, and he sketched it all out from starting on the carousel, and Bert and Jane and Michael were in there. You meet the penguins, then you go... Um, into the chalk things and you go to the rooftop for London's and let's go fly a kite, laughter, tears, the whole nine yards. That was actually one of the things that caught the eye of Bill Anderson, who was a producer at Disney. He was like, not bad, man, but, you know, keep at it. Who knows? Maybe you'll get to work here one day. And, you know, the, the rest, as they say, is history. And I think he even said maybe, maybe it was a D23 event or something that he's like, I still think that a Mary Poppins attraction would still be a hit. I absolutely, Tony, there's many things we agree on, my friend, and I'm going to call you my friend whether we you remember that we've met or not, but I still believe that a Mary Poppins attraction could not only fit in Fantasyland, I think it could certainly fit, it would be a lovely fit in the United Kingdom, right? Going through London, again, up on the rooftop, I mean, it, into the chalk building, you can, you can, Add in elements and even play off of um, uh, Mary Poppins Returns. And there was, back in, back in, like 2018, there were rumors of a Mary Poppins dark ride being in development for 
the the UK, and I had heard everything from it was going to be you know a, a simple carousel type of thing to a dock ride that they were going to blow out the back area. They want to get rid of the bandstand. They were going to sort of expand on some of that areas, and you you'd go through the hedge maze to maybe get to the entrance. Um, possibly even taking over some of the area maybe where World Showplace currently sits, um, although that's a very, very um, often used venue for Disney. So wherever it was to go, whatever it would look like, um, I am still down for a Mary Poppins attraction. I believe it is not only one of the best Disney films of all times, it is one of my favorite films, period, of all times, Sherman Brothers, How I Love You So, there would be no problem whatsoever with the popularity of a Mary Poppins-themed attraction in Walt Disney World. Thank you very much. I I love it. That's fantastic. And I, I totally agree with you. And I, to, and I, I, I'm actually with you in the sense... This is one of those movies, and actually, I thought of it, but did not put it on my list because I knew you would, so I left it to you. But, it's but it's it, it's nearly a perfect film, and I'm, I'll avoid the easy, yeah. practically perfect. It really is as close to a perfect film as I can think of. Yeah, and it's one of those films which you, I thought of, and it first thing that came to mind when I thought of it was what you said. Why is there not an attraction for this? It seems like a natural fit there should be this is iconic and everything and there's there that i was also thinking of another film a famous disney film and this is this is me going back in time a little further than i'd gone before um um because i thought of the jungle book mm-hmm. and i thought you know that first of all it would be a natural for an attraction i guess Putting it in Adventureland would be kind of close to that other jungle thing they got there. So maybe we'll put it in the Animal Kingdom. But um, other than – but again, that seems like a movie that should be – have been represented, you know, like Mary Poppins, like represented more than it has been. You know, there's been the odd character to – I think the Animal Kingdom had uh, some a stage show and a night show, I believe, a few years mm-hmm. ago, many years ago. Um but for a you know full you know permanent e-ticket kind of attraction didn't exist and this could be the one thing i'd loved growing up going to other amusement parks in the area i was always a huge flume guy i loved flumes and i still love them to this day um love splash mountain that's a whole other story don't like getting wet necessarily and they still soak you pretty good but uh you know I, I i still finally remember the days when you could go on splash mountain and not get really wet I mean, you could loop on it and it could be 60 degrees and no big deal now better best wear a poncho when you go on but i'm i'm thinking a water ride um you know that could take you through the scenes and not not a jungle cruise boat ride but it could be something flumish and again you're you're what you would you would be Mowgli and you'd be following the story along. So you'd be starting out at Council Rock with the wolves. And then you journey into the jungle where you meet up with Khan Bagheera. 
you run into the elephants and you go to the orangutan village and all that. And then you have a, maybe, maybe you're, you know, it's like Splash Mountain. You're doing the climb up and then you cascade into the, as Shere Khan is coming at you and the vultures and, you know, and you happily land at, at the man village and the girl standing there and Bagheera and Baloo are standing waving at you and all that kind of thing. But, um, but however you do it, though, I think it's one of those, it, I think it's an attraction that could, one, you know, connects with a classic film that pr- pretty much everybody knows and, uh, you know, the merchandising, Lou the merchandising, but, you know, the animatronic possibility of the, the characters that we already know um, um, would be pretty cool. And, you know, as I'm thinking about the, the challenge, if I were an Imagineer and I were tasked to do this ride would be don't make it like Splash Mountain and the Jungle Cruise. And I admit that could be a little challenging maybe, but um, I think the story and the movie has been timeless and is classic enough that it uh, might deserve a little attention and maybe something could be done with it. But I think it, it could find a home certainly in a number of places, you know, definitely – you know, Animal Kingdom or Adventureland or, you know. Uh, so this was not on my you, list, <clears throat> but I'm with you, Timmy Foster, and I'm with you for a number of reasons. First of all, let's go back. Original Jungle Book, 1967. Oh, words of music by Richard and Robert M. Sherman. Surprise, yeah, surprise. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like the film and the story, right? The Rudyard Kipling story continues to it's like the phoenix it rises up over and over again right so originally this was released in 67 there's a live action adaptation in 1994 they have a sequel in 2003 then in 2016 as part of this new live action remake renaissance that started or or came about around 2016 john favreau oh top hundred reasons why I love John Favreau. Who's the wild man now? I love him and Rudy. I cry every time. <laughs> I really liked the Jungle Book live action adaptation. So the story, the characters continue to have legs. They certainly have heart. But I'm gonna I'm gonna combine a few of my favorite things all into one and I'm gonna Totally, and I'm thinking out loud. So if this sounds stupid, bear with me because clearly I'm hungry. Was this a new one, or can I can I finish? This I is no. This is still. This is still. I'm still on Jungle Book. I'm with you. I'm with you on uh, Jungle Book. Because well, I had one more thought, and I don't want you to go on your hundred. But I have to wait. I have. If I don't get this out of my head, I'm going to forget Just it because I'm I'm old and hungry. <laughs> Where does Jungle Book take place in India? You yes. finally, finally bring an India pavilion yes. to Epcot. Think of all the, oh, the food is so good. (laughs) But you can have this jungle adventure attraction with all of these characters, with all this great music combined. There you go. I I lost my train of thought, but that's that's where I was going. (laughs) India, Epcot, restaurant, jungle book, Yahtzee. There you go. But along that's the same line, could have a home... Again, going back to the notion of uh, – I think we talked about this. And I actually don't quite remember where you stand on this, but the notion of bringing Disney elements into World Showcase, if you're – That plane is already in flight. Uh, you know, it is, Frozen, but, uh, Ratatouille. You still want to hang on to it. It could have a perfectly 
fine for the same reasons like in asia in the animal kingdom well again you're near a water ride maybe yeah. it doesn't no it needs to be a water ride it has to be a water ride the thing about this attraction though um with the, the potential for this attraction i think is uh this it, a, the storytelling that goes with uh th this is this thing we've talked about with other attractions that makes them disney attractions is there's story to it and this uh, imagine this attraction you could go from through the the magic of the scenery and the animatronics but mostly through the music like you mentioned you're going to go from you know the carefree blue scene you know um uh, those kind of scenes to you know mysterious scenes to frightening scenes and you're going to have a story that you know you you'll be able to follow along and i think um, it, it'd be great to have an attraction like this because the one thing about Splash Mountain, even though it's, I love the attraction and it's wonderful, is the unfortunate reality that the story is lost on a lot of people, especially kids who don't never saw the movie and never will. And, and I, I had that with my daughter. She doesn't know who these characters are. And, um, yeah, and for you know reasons we won't go into it, it never really will unless I explained it to her but the jungle book doesn't doesn't have that and and like you said it's not just the 1967 version of the film it's been reborn again and again even recently and, I, and my daughter for one went to see the live action one and loved it so this this has found new audiences with not just us and we grew up with it but with our kids and and others as they new versions have come up to the screen on stage and, and so forth. So, um, and it's a great story. And I think the potential of storytelling in the attraction with music and, and the scenery would be incredible. I think it would be a, a, the, envisioning a 15, 20 minute long attraction that would make you laugh and cry and cringe and scare and, you know, put you all through all the emotions that the movie does. And to be clear, I, I was somewhat tongue-in-cheek talking about it being in Epcot. I'm trying to just find a way to get India and an India pavilion into Epcot. Certainly, it, <laughs> I, it, it, I know what you're doing. I know, I know what you're I know. doing. Certainly it belongs no, it and, makes, and makes it sense makes in Animal sense. Kingdom. Right. Yeah, yeah. And if you you know if you're if you're fine with it, and I'm and I'm I'm one of those people that I'm I'm okay with it. Um as long as they don't get rid of the the cultural part of it. But again, that's a totally separate discussion. But I I I'm thinking of making it having an India pavilion and having that be the centerpiece. I'm fine with it. I mean, and look, we'll have lunch. Look, so. you look for the bare necessities, the simple uh -oh. bare necessities. You forget about your worries and your strife. You be the bare the Mother Nature's recipes. Those oh. are the things that bring the bare necessities wherever I wander, wherever I roam. Couldn't be fonder of my big home. I'm clearly wow. before the night is out. I'm going to break into song and and no, that's beautiful. You should write a song like that about that. And look, and I think it would continue to be well received. Look, there 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 were already two Jungle Book themed experiences in Disney's Animal Kingdom. Right, there was the Journey into the Jungle yeah. Book, which was in the old Theater of the Wild, where Finding Nemo is now. And Jungle Book Alive with Magic was there right before, and it was relatively short-lived in the beginning, but it was there right before Rivers of Light. And I don't think it's not there anymore because the film or the music or the characters are not well-received. 
I think it, there was there was a number of different reasons why both of those were replaced with something more contemporary. But I still believe the story holds up well, the characters hold up well, and the music is time. And if you have never, if you have not seen the original animated Jungle Book in a long time, I implore you to go back because it is far and away some of Disney's best animation, some of the best casting. I think in terms of uh, um, voice actors um, and is it's actually a it's a beautiful movie to watch and to listen to. And I'm and I know I'm I'm I wave the Sherman Brothers flag very, very, very hard. Here, here, I got to throw in a, a gratuitous go with me here on this. This is it. So I'm following you. What if you put said India Pavilion? Between <laughs> France and the United Kingdom, out of the way of the boats in the skyline. Somehow, you, you can do it. So you start in India, right? But you end with the mop-top vultures beetle scene, and you're in the United Kingdom. Yoo-hoo-hoo. Right. I want to be like you, hoo-hoo. Right. Walk like you, talk like you. Sorry. You know, I don't know why I'm, I'm I'm in such a these, uh, a musical. You actually, you actually have to sing one of these at some. Point. Nah, trust me. Don't be afraid. Of don't all afraid. the things that people don't want to hear, they no, don't want to hear. We, we they want do it. not want to we hear. Want we want it. So, want it. Timmy Foster, um, I'm going to tell you that Rattle my up. next my next attraction <clears throat> is a treasure. Ooh. It is based on a treasure. <gasps> It's not Treasure Island. It's not Ooh. Treasure of Matacumbe. It's not Ooh. DuckTales the movie Treasure of the Lost Lamp. Good, because that's next on my list. Or, as much as I would love a Muppet Treasure Island, it's not even <laughs> Muppet Treasure Island or Nicolas Cage's National Treasure or no. National Treasure 2. Yeah. It's Treasure Planet. Yes. So I'm going back to 2002 because now I realize just how far, how old 2002 really is. And there seems yeah. to be a consistency with some of the, the films that I'm picking. This is another one that was an adaptation of an old novel, Treasure Island, from, by Robert Louis Stevenson. The dynamic duo, the superhero pair of writers and producers, directors, Ron Clements and John Musker, um, who, you know, they did things like Little Mermaid, release Treasure Planet in 2002. This is another one that I think is very much overlooked. It's a beautiful film, um, features some great voiceover work. So Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Brian Murray, David Hyde Pierce, Martin Short as Ben, I th like the merchandise that they should have made for Ben the Robot. But there is a lot of so this is a, a a film where they took the old Treasure Island, they modernized it, they futurized it, and you know Jim Hawkins. So the characters are are sort of the same, but instead of you know being on you know pirates and islands, it takes place in space, and there's solar cruising and sky surfing and rocket-powered sailboards. Maybe that's what the ride vehicle system or, or, or feeling 
would sort of emulate this idea of sort of being on your own rocket powered sailboard. Because when I watched the film with my kids and, and when I was younger, that's sort of what I imagine. But this has the potential like the story did of, you know, being on adventures and, you know, fighting the bad guys and having that, you know, your little Ben robot companion. There's the, the stories of family and friendship and and um, betrayal and all the, these different things that sort of make such, such a great film. Look, you're, you're, you're basing it on one of, you know, the timeless classic of American literature. So the story continues to hold up, but it's fun and funny. You know, Martin Short as that sort of, you know, Ben the mindless robot was um, was wonderful. So um, did Treasure Planet necessarily do as well as the the box in the box office as it could have or should have? Maybe not, but it was nominated nominated for best at this is back in two thousand two for best animated feature. So I was not the only one who dug it. And oh, by the way. The score was by James Newton Howard, who also did. Oh, you're putting that to me. (laughs) He's I mean, he's done everything from Pinocchio. (laughs) No. Uh, So he's done. He did Atlantis. He did Dinosaur. um, He did um, some of the Batman films, Hunger Games, Pretty Woman, Mm. The Fugitive. Oh, Mm. (gasps) oh, wait, that's not Disney. He actually, he, and he, if, if, I love uh, M. Night Shyamalan films. He scored a lot of his films as well. That's, yeah. Cool. Uh, you, you've never seen Treasure Planet, have you? Uh, no. <laughs> no, I, I did. I did. I did a long time ago. Don't remember. It, it, it is. That, it didn't which, do. I mean, it, honestly, it, it didn't. It not. It did not do well in the States when it was released. Well, it, it is interesting because we brought up. Um, mostly you, but uh, <laughs> brought up, thank you. Yes, you know, some films that that you know I've not. Uh, I don't want to say didn't do well, but might if you if listing you know Disney classic films of all times, these aren't some of these weren't ones that were cracking the top ten or twenty necessarily. So, um, uh, but on the what that tells you, there's so much to draw from. Um, that hasn't even been tapped yet, you know. Uh, it's, uh, and that's why I know that next on your list is the Lizzie McGuire movie. Go ahead. All right. So picture this. You're <laughs> not. Well, I, I've, I've, uh, mine kind of whittled down to honorable mentions. So if you want me to okay. rattle my few off, then you can do your 72 or whatever you have. Um, I know I started, I was trying to think of. Um, in fantasy land of another dark ride. I love the classic dark rides of, uh, you know, Peter Pan, Winnie the Pooh. I was a fan of Snow White's Scary Adventures. Um, and I was trying to think of other ones we could put, we could put in there as if I had anything to say about this. Um, and there's plenty of still classic movies that you could tap into, like Sleeping Beauty and Pinocchio. Again, I know there's uh, uh Hopefully it's still there because I wrote on it, Pinocchio and Disneyland. But um, as far as a you know a 
attractions for those films and maybe some other ones from that era within Walt Disney World. There's still plenty of ones like that. Um, But even jumping forward to today, I thought, um, not sure where you'd put it. Um, I'm thinking of Inside Out. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking um, that could be something perhaps Figment could help us navigate Mm -hmm. our way through. Um, And I'm thinking not replacing imagination or maybe where are we doing the imagination pavilion, but um, it could be, you know, that type of ride, but going through the uh, emotions of joy, sadness, anger, fear, disgust somehow. And, you know, the skunk smells already there. So we might as well use it, but you could end it with uh, the final room imagination, you know, much like the pavilion does now, but I'm even thinking back to, uh, you know, the white room in the original, uh, one of the earlier incarnations of Journey into Imagination. So that could be interesting and fun. It could even be, be not within the pavilion, but be me next to it, the ever-revolving what's in the uh, building next to it, whether it's Captain Nia or the Pixar shorts or Honey, I Shrunk the Audience. Maybe it could be that. So that was one thing. Wait, wait, don't don't move on yet because you've you've, yeah. you've ab- Inside Out was absolutely on my list. It was low oh, down well. All right. because I think this is this is an easy one. Like this is easy for so many reasons, and I am not convinced, Timmy Foster, that this is not going to happen because, oh. I, and I think that there's elements of attractions that we've seen in the past that you can bring into this one as well as leverage some other things so look inside out director pete doctor worked on cranium command hmm? Mm -hmm. not a coincidence which was in the old rest in peace wonders of life pavilion you can have an attraction like that in integrating those elements of the different emotions inside somebody's mind but please Tell me that it does not lend itself, and this is the easiest one. It's Bing Bong's emotional roller coaster that takes you in. And you get, you see what yeah. I did there—the emotional roller coaster. It, it in and around and outside the journey into imagination pyramid. You can randomize sequences like Star Tours of different emotions and go and and you as the protagonist of the story going through different scenarios where different emotions take over and you go through emotional roller coasters as you go through a typical day in, you know, little Timmy's life. And and I think Bing Bong is like Figment and Bing Bong are like cousins. They're somehow, think of the merchandise, Timmy Foster. (laughs) I would buy Bing Bong merchandise and candy all day long. (laughs) there you go Um, I think we're going to see I I think we're going to see an inside out attraction one day that would be very cool Um, I was thinking uh, polish off my list I was thinking I I thought of up and I was I was minus the first part of it which the first part of up is one of the greatest uh, pieces of film ever you know but uh, whether it's uh, conducive to a magical day in the parks, I'm not so sure. <laughs> but you could do uh, definitely a soaring type of thing where you're, you know, you're carried aloft by the thousands of balloons and you're soaring over, you know, the, the waterfalls and continents and all that kind of stuff and cliffs and that could be cool. And then um, I think the only other one I did I have. 
Oh, this I, I, I don't not sure if this would work too well, but I had the, the thought, what if you were on an attraction that started? So we, we talk about two. There's two types of Disney films, the animated films and your live action. And sometimes they cross. So what if you had an attraction that started you out firmly placed in the world of animation through the scenery uh, projections? whatever that's going on around you and you somehow like Dorothy coming into the munchkin land and black and white turning into full-blown technicolor you go from the world of animation to the real a fully realized world full of real castles and real princes and real princesses and you could do that maybe with enchanted oh I like that a lot now you might you might have an Amy Adams problem having to pay her money but <laughs> I'd, I'd pay her. I would, I would you, you might have but, an Amy uh, Adams problem. But you could, <laughs> but you could follow, but you know, like you could follow along like they did in the film. Start in a world of animation and go, and it, it magically everything turns may, like not maybe unlike uh, the projection shows adorning Cinderella Castle in Chinese theater nowadays, where you know this very real life uh, building structure magically turns into this animated magical piece of art right in front of your eyes you could do the same thing backwards like you have, you have all these animated uh, uh, structures images around you and they lift away and all of a sudden you're in a real world so that that could be pretty cool i like before that. you move on I Actually, love Enchanted. Yeah, that's the last one on my list. I love, love. Now, I don't have an Amy Adams problem, but. No, I, I don't get, <laughs> you know what I mean, because, you know. I, you, might, I, you might have a Julie Andrews problem or an Alan Menken problem or a Barry Sonnenfeld problem, but I do yeah. not have a problem with Enchanted. How does she know that you love her? How does she know you're yours? Uh, listen, uh, don't get me started. Does he leave a little note to tell you you're on his mind? Send you flowers when the sky is gray? Hey, listen. I, again, I, I love the film. I love Amy, Amy, Amy Adams love, and James Marsden. Yeah, Amy, Amy Adams too. And, and Ida Menzel. And the, the music and from the dreamy. film. Yeah. Happy working song? Come on. Please. Sing it. Sing it. All right. I'm tempted to. I'm te before the night is out. I have a listen. And and the I'm a, almost out. Luke. I know. I, I'm a huge. Um, I'm a huge um, Mankin fan. So yeah, yeah. There, there's a lot of and look. It's it's when you start describing it, it's sort of a reverse Mary Poppins, right? You go from yeah, animated yeah. to live action instead yeah. of live action to animated. Uh, I was actually surprised we didn't see more Enchanted. In the parks when the film came out in 2007 because it did very well and I think the film what I liked about it was that it not only in a way paid tribute to the Disney princess features films mm -hmm. but it was sort of a um, almost somewhat self-deprecating like parody of those films and it blended it so well the animation sort of harkened back to that original hand-drawn animation with the touches of the, the the CGI stuff. The music was great. Steven Schwartz's lyrics were phenomenal. It was fun. It was funny. My kids loved that film. I gotta now. I gotta watch that one. 
So I'm I'm down. I'm totally down with a uh, with an enchanted. Well, I'm, I'm not mistaken in my. There's like a little licensing issue with all that, right? As in, why is Giselle not a princess and so forth? But but the question I have is, but how who does is she, the princess? In how enchanted? does she know that you really, 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 truly love her? It's uh, sorry. Sing it. Sing it. Just sing it. Dude, I'm so close. I'm so close. (laughs) All right. So I will quickly go through just a couple of honorable mentions. And as long as we're talking about love and our love affair, I seem to come back to Ron Clements and John Musker again. This time in 1997, when I talk about Hercules, 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 not from the Eddie Murphy movie. I love that scene. Uh, the, the Nutty Professor, but from the 1997 animated musical comedy fantasy feature animation film. 35, by the way. It's number 35. Really during that that Disney renaissance, um, again, by Clemens and Musker, who did a phenomenal job. One of the reasons why I love this movie, again, not just for the uh, the voice actors, I think Tate Donovan, uh, Danny DeVito, James Wood as Hades made that character one of the most lovable, likable, n- not likable, phenomenal, phenomenal film all around. Um, they obviously have done a Hercules um, parade at Disney's Hollywood Studios. I think that even though this film is 20 years old, could still lend itself to a spectacular Broadway-type stage show. We've seen elements of that on Disney Cruise Line, which still plays to packed houses because I love the Disney Cruise Line shows as well. Um, yeah, so Hercules Hercules is up. I won't go too long on my love of Hercules, but... <laughs> I do. I dig Hercules a lot. Um, so that's I, yeah. that's my first honorable mention. I would have okay. said Tron, but we're getting Tron. However, I still would love to see an end of line club in Tomorrowland somewhere. Timmy Foster, I, I'm I. Tim. Go ahead. No, I'm saying what? So one of the films, it, it's a it's a guilty pleasure of mine. I haven't seen it in in a long time, but. Oh dear. I love 1979's The Black Hole. You know, <laughs> it's dark and it's there's 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 a lot going on, <laughs> you know, in there. But I love, love, love Vincent and Bob Roddy McDowell and Slim Pickens are the voices. But you got Ernest, and Slim Pickens and Slim, but Ernest Borgnine, who I love. Anthony Perkett, Yvette Mimieux, Maximilian Schell, like these were, you know, some of the great actors of the, the 60s and the 70s. I don't know what the attraction would look like. Maybe you could do a black hole shooting gallery like when they used to go and in, in that one scene when when Vincent and Bob were were um, were at sort of that, that, that the target practice range with some of the um, I don't want to spoil it, but some of the robots on the Cygnus. I don't think you're going to ruin anybody. <laughs> no, <days>. is it? <laughs> so, um, but yeah. Wait, so I, I forgot one honorable mention for you. Since you mentioned, since you brought up the black hole, and I kind of had, I had a weird feeling you were going to bring that up. I don't know why, but um, 
I, I promised I would do this. Um, a friend of my daughter's has been championing, championing the cause for an attraction for Brother Bear. And I promised him I would mention it and that there should be a Brother Bear attraction at the front and center, nay, replacing Cinderella Castle. It's that important of a film in the Disney. We're talking about the same 2003 Brother Bear? The one in the same, my friend. A classic film, tragically overlooked over time, but nonetheless one that has held up over time. Really? Has only grown and the, the, the attraction. Grown, grown is maybe the sound that some people are making. <laughs> when... No, no, no. Don't, don't, don't mock at this point. Just, just, just listen. <laughs> um, hey, look, it, it, it was nominated for best animated feature. So it I, absolutely I, would. And it, it, it should be nominated for best animated feature of all time. And, and wow. I, I, it, it should be, uh, I kind and to my friend, Nick, that's his name. I buddy, I tried. That's the best I could do, and it even felt insincere coming out of my mouth. I'm sorry. Now, I, I made my case. Though. Okay, and, and, I, and I'm not. I'm not <clears throat> demeaning. And I'm not trying to he, bash he really, Brother Bear. He really. It's funny. He really has been. I I did text him. I was doing the show today, and he's sending me all this research he did. He's on like YouTube videos and all this stuff about why there should be a Brother Bear and, attract. And, but that goes to my point, Tim. That that every movie is somebody's favorite. Every attraction that's is somebody's right. favorite. That's Brother Bear was not. Look, it had Brother Bear was one of those ones that I think on paper had all of the requisite elements. It had heart. It had great voice actors. It had it had Phil Collins. But tell me, name me two songs from the Brother Bear soundtrack, and you probably can't do it. Well, there you go. On my way but, is probably the only one that I could think of. So I don't know uh, that I would replace Cinderella Castle with Brother Bear. Just, just, just think about it. Uh, all right, I, I thought about it. <laughs> so wait, here's a trivia I'm question sorry, for you. I'm, what, yeah, I'm, what no, is, what is wait, the? Let me get Google ready. All right, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, no. What is, what is the distinction or the honor or whatever you want to call it that Black Hole has? In Disney history, it's the first film that had computer-generated graphics. Dude, you were so close until you said computer-generated graphics. It was the first imagery. The first PG film. The first PG film. Yep. Really? Yeah, and it's interesting. I mean, it's interesting what some of. I mean, no, the Black Cauldron was the first one that had the first computer-generated image. Yeah, the reason for the P, you know. it, again, it this too had all the elements of a Disney film. There was, you know, death and loss and things like that. But there was a uh, the, if watch the black hole and pay close attention to the last five to seven minutes. Hmm. It's a really, it's a really, really interesting thing. But I love, love, love Vincent, which stands for what? What does Vincent stand for? And I'll buy you dinner at the boathouse again. <clears throat> Very intelligent. But not close. Vital information evidence. necessary centralized. Yeah. Vincent. Sure. What was the name of the ship? The Palomino. All right. Anyway, very quickly, <laughs> very quickly, last couple of last couple of ones right. that I think deserve. I'm going to say Princess and the Frog. However, 
not as a ride or as a show, but as a restaurant. If you've been to Tiana's place on the Disney Wonder, that's what brought this about. Food is an attraction for me. I think it qualifies. I'm I'm moving. But think about, you know, uh, the Bayou and Voodoo and New Orleans and a live jazz band and the food and Yahtzee. Um, As much as I would love a Muppet Christmas Carol attraction, I don't think it would last all year long. Very quickly, last two. What about something like I hadn't been on Test Track in a long, long time. I was with my family and my son really wanted to ride Test Track. And I had forgotten how much fun it was to design your own car and thing like that. We had actually talked about this. What if you sort of rethemed Test Track to Wreck-It Ralph and you designed your own car for a sugar rush race? <gasps> right? How much fun would right. that be? And the right. last one, which I think would do, and and, and now no, I'm thinking no, in terms no, of. I want a sugar rush attraction. Hey, wow. <laughs> wow. Right? right? And, again, throwaway idea. Spinning. No, I lo- I'm, I'm doing this song like, get everybody ra- racing car. Sugar rush. Sugar <laughs> rush. There, I said, oh my gosh, that'd be so. Yes. And again, right, King oh, Candy is voiced by. The, the guy. Alan the, Tudyk from Firefly. Yeah, from Firefly. I, Firefly. I, I love Alan Tudyk. King Candy. That's, that's the only impression. The last honorable mention I'm going to give you is one that I think by popular demand would kill and could be beautiful with what mm. they could do with the water effects. Tell me yeah. a Moana boat ride with that uh, music and the visuals and that atmosphere would not kill yes 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 so and again it's the thing about moana too is that it's it's very current so it would very much be an attractor for guests too and anything with listen almost anything with the rock it 20 at, at least 10 percent of anything with the rock in it is good so <laughs> but i love the music from from moana most uh, i love 95 percent of the music except for just one song so, Which song is that? Uh, take a can guess. You, can you sing a few bars for me? <laughs> I can, but I am not See, going to. You're going to weasel out of this show without singing, though you've been promising Probably. for Probably. an hour and a half. Yeah, nobody, again, nobody wants. But they do. People, I think how far I, I, I implore you. I know <clears throat> Lou's going to ask you to comment below and call his number and all that <laughs> stuff. Please ask him to sing for you. Just I cry. I cry sing. at how Please. far I go, how far I'll go. I do. I love that song. Are you doing a bit? You're doing a bit. No, I'm serious. It's not a bit. It's true. Listen, I I am man enough to say that that I am constantly on an emotional roller coaster. And look, man, that's what Disney does. That's why we're here. That's why we're talking about it is because we love the ride that Disney takes us on with these films, the ups and the downs and the laughter and the tears. And though films that are the ones that are so dear to our hearts. Another quick reference to a film there. The ones that are that are near to and near and dear to our hearts are the ones that do that, right? And the ones that we would love to have attractions, not just living out Star Wars and Galaxy's Edge or riding a Banshee in Pandora, but okay, maybe I'm not talking about things like Old Yeller or the cat from outer space or, oh, 
Oh, a hot lead and cold feet attraction. That I would love. But that darn cat. That darn cat. Fun and fancy free. Um, but Bongo. that's what we would love, right? <laughs> we would love to be able to be taken. And I think this does. It goes back to Walt and his original ideas for Disneyland of taking that two-dimensional experience on screen and letting us step foot inside of those lands and those worlds and those stories and those characters that we love so much and and I think mean so much to us. A lot of the characters that we mention, whether it's Mary Poppins or Bing Bong or, you know, I'm, uh, I'm trying to think who else is on your list, Billy or Wally, uh, right? We we love those characters, and we want to be immersed in their stories. Look, Pinocchio came out in 1940. Go to Disneyland and look at the line for Pinocchio. I can't do the math, but it's like 80 years later, right? Nearly 80 years later because of how that film makes us feel, how these films make us feel. So Peter Pan today. Listen, Peter Pan still has some of the longest lines, right? Yeah, that, that's the point. I think, you know, the one thing that's, that's as you were talking, it occurred to me, like we were talking about all these films and the attractions, and we tried to play Imagineer and dabble into whether it be a roller coaster or a water ride or a dark ride or or whatever. But um, I think the commonality that all of this had, like however you got – However, the attraction, what it was, whether it was a roller coaster, a flume, a dark ride, whatever it was, the story is what I think made, made us think of each one of these ones on our list. It wasn't that this would be a cool roller coaster because it's going to, you know, we could do three corkscrews and two loops and all that kind of stuff. This was a film that had such a great story, characters, and songs that you could bring that to life in an attraction, and that attraction would be the quintessential pro just classic Disney attraction. Like they all are that. And we talked about how they, they tell, they're not just attractions. They're, they're not just rides they're attractions and there's stories and songs and characters. And, and that, that's what this whole list had in common. It was about the story and it, how, you know, it is. And that's what it comes down to. You know, it, it's, it's great stories with exceptional storytelling. You can have a right. great story, but if it's not told the right way, it, it won't have the same impact and effect. Tim and I gave you our top 20-something list. We want to hear from you. What is your top Disney or favorite Disney movie that should be made into an attraction? We are giving you all the space and all the budget that you need, as well as a forum to let us know. Go to the Box People group on Facebook. So go to www.radio.com slash community. That will take you to the Box People group there. Let's have the conversation there. You can call the voicemail. If typing isn't your thing, call the voicemail at 407-900-9391. Tell us your story of what a, what film. Look, if it's The Littlest Outlaw or Westward Ho the Wagons or Johnny Tremaine, I don't care. I want to hear what movie you think, I'm trying to go obscura here, should be made yeah. into an attraction and then when you're while you're waiting for the next episode, be sure and go to celebrationspress.com and subscribe to Celebrations Magazine. That's where little Timmy Foster and his team of writers tell right. and share exceptional stories. Guess what, Lou? Oh, boy. <laughs> it's uh, you know, Tim, it's funny. It's so natural how you do that. But <laughs> I know. 
I know. I'm so good at this. We have a new book, Lou. <laughs> you got to stop trying so hard. <laughs> no, I, I, no, I'm going to, I do want to let everybody, and I'll send, Lou, I'll send you a link because we just released this. Why don't you send me a book instead? <laughs> I'll make, I do send you, well, wait. Yeah, I guess I'll you some stuff. No, we have a new book. It's about, it's uh, uh, another coffee table collector's book uh, inspired by the Nations, but we decided to take it further. And it's about um, a lot, many nighttime uh, Walt Disney shows that have, since gone and we miss them terribly. So it's it's not only about illuminations, it's about Osborne Family Lights, it's about Main Street Electrical Parade, Spectrum Magic, um, full of pic- uh, beautiful pictures and lots of text. So we just started pre-selling it. Lou, I'll send you a link for it so you can share it with your people. But um, more importantly, though, Lou, I wanted to take this time, since I have the stage all to myself, spotlight, spotlight on me, a little reverb on my voice. Thank you very much. I want to publicly... Thank you, Lou Mangello, for taking me to the boathouse for lunch <laughs> while I was down there. So uh, everybody, you can you can stop. I know there's been a campaign of angry letters and phone calls. And Lou, why haven't you taken little Timmy Foster? Like you promised. But, um, was it everything you dreamed of? No, it it was more. It it was spectacular. No, in all, in all fairness, it, it was everything you said. It was it was spectacular. We had a great time. Um, got to meet the chef, courtesy of you. Very nice. The not only the food, the view, the people, the whole experience was absolutely fantastic. And uh, yeah, so now I'm, I'm I didn't eat convincing, but I'm now as big of a no, well, not as big of a boat as you. There's nobody as big as a boat as but um, definitely. Everything you said it was, and uh, so everybody can can stop chastising Lou for for not living up to his promises because he did, and it was very nice. Okay, we will definitely do it. <laughs> like they say in <coughs> one of my favorite Disney films. When can we do this again? We will do it again very soon. There are many, many more top tens to be had. And if you have a suggestion for a top ten. Email me, call me, message me, write me, smoke signal you, however way you want to get it to me. I certainly would love to take your suggestions and turn it into a top 10. And now I just have Alan Tudyk's voice over. Alan Tudyk was in a ton of Disney movies, by the way, including the most recent uh, remake, live action remake of Aladdin. He's Iago. But he was Nosemore in Ralph Breaks the Internet. He was in Deadpool 2. He was K2SO in Rogue One. He was Hey Hey in Moana. Duke Weaselton in Zootopia. Dodgeball. Alistair Cray in Big Hero 6. I clearly Dodge. have, I I love, I, I didn't realize how much I loved Alan Tudyk. Forgetting just Firefly and King Candy, but. Dodgeball. Dodgeball, a true underdog story, that's right. Yes. That he'll forever be our. You know, that, that should be in the You want a dodgeball attraction? Is that, is that what you uh, want? Maybe. maybe. <laughs> Hashtag bring back fire.
It's time for our Walt Disney World Trivia Question of the Week, where I invite you to test your knowledge of Walt Disney World's history or see how well you pay attention to the details, sometimes in what you see or hear or taste in the parks. And if you think you know the answer, you can enter via our form for a chance to win a Disney Prize package. Of course, before we get to this week's question, we're going to go back, review last week's, and select our winner. So last week I asked you to tell me what company currently sponsors Magic Kingdom's Happily Ever After Fireworks Nighttime Cavalcade Spectacular of Fireworks. And since 2017, this 18-minute grand finale to your day or night has been sponsored by Pandora, the jewelry company, not the land in Disney's Animal Kingdom. Anyway, I took all of the correct entries, randomly selected one, and again, last week you were playing for all seven of my virtual audio walking tours of the secrets and stories of the Magic Kingdom, my 102 ways to save money for not Walt Disney World book, both of which, by the way, still available on the WW Radio shop and in iTunes, a WW Radio vinyl sticker for your car, your wall, laptop, or mirror, and a WW Radio pop socket for your phone. And you know what? I'm going to actually throw in a t-shirt just for fun anyway, just because so last week's winner randomly selected is Rob Kendall. So Rob, I have your shirt size. I've got your mailing address. I'm going to send your prize package out to you right away. But if you played last week and didn't win, that's okay because here's your next chance to enter in this week's Walt Disney World Trivia Challenge. It's May here in Walt, well, it's May everywhere, but it's May here in Walt Disney World, and what that means that it's been summer for like six months already, so when you are out and about, you're often trying to find ways and places to keep cool, so this week, tell me, where in Walt Disney World can you find Castaway Creek? I'm not going to tell you exactly what it is, but you need to tell me where in Walt Disney World you can find it. You have until Sunday, June 2nd at 11.59 p.m. to go to www.radio.com, click on this week's podcast, use the form there, and again, you're going to play for all the digital products, the books, the audio tours, the vinyl sticker, the pop socket, and another WW Radio shirt. So good luck, stay cool, and have fun. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thank you so very much for taking the time to tune in this and every week. Don't forget to share your idea for what Disney movie should be made into a Disney Parks attraction by joining the community and conversation over at www.radio.com slash community. That will take you to our Box People group over on Facebook. Come by, grab a snack, introduce yourself, and be part of the conversation. Thanks, as always, to all of the new and longtime members going back to February of 2015 of our WW Radio Nation family. I sincerely want to thank you for your love and your support and your friendship and your help. You help make the show possible. I want to thank some new and longtime members like Audrey K. Kirk, Chris Ann Vigliotti, Jean Pisecki, Erica Bennett, Mark Jones, John Jones, and Trip Jacobs. If you want to find out how you can not only help the show, but get exclusive rewards every month, including scavenger hunts, we have a private Facebook group, custom Magic Band covers, logo gear, t-shirts, monthly care packages from Walt Disney World, exclusive live video group calls, plus early access to special events. You can visit www.radio.com support 
Of course, it is completely optional, but it's a great way for you to not only help the show and help the Make-A-Wish Foundation of America as a portion of your contribution does go to our Dream Team project and directly to Make-A-Wish. Again, to find out more, visit www.radio.com support. I'd also love to connect with you on social. The best places are on Instagram. I am at Lou Mangiello. The WW Radio Box People group is www.radio.com slash community. Don't forget to like our Facebook page. And if you want to connect with me on LinkedIn, I'm also at Lou Mangiello there as well. If you have a question you would like me to answer on the show, you can email me, lou at www.radio.com. If you want to be heard on the air, you can call the voicemail at 407-900-9391. That's 407-900-WDW1 with a question, a comment about this week's show, or just a hello from the parks. And of course, as much as I love connecting with and talking with you online, nothing beats a handshake and a hug. It's why I continue to do meets of the month every month in Walt Disney World. June's meet of the month is most likely going to be the weekend of June 22nd. Stay tuned to our events page over on Facebook. You can visit www.radio.com slash events. There you'll not only find out about meets of the month, but other special events, including we have one spot left for our October trip to Japan. Just a few spots left for our cruise out of New Orleans on the Disney Wonder in February 2020. Lots more coming your way as well. Also stay tuned for other on-the-road meetups and get-togethers as I travel to speak at events and conferences. And if I can maybe come to speak at your event or your conference or to your business, visit loumangelo.com. More importantly, if I can work with you either one-on-one, small group mentoring, or at my Momentum Weekend Workshop here in Walt Disney World this September, I want to help you turn what you love into what you do and your passion into your profession. You can visit loumangelo.com. Now, I mentioned at the top of the show that I'll be visiting Galaxy's Edge in Disneyland this week, Wednesday and Thursday. So stay tuned for live coverage from Galaxy's Edge, from the Black Spire Outpost, from Batu. not just on the Box People group on Facebook, but make sure you follow me on Instagram as well. I'll be sharing what I can, when I can, and certainly when I get back, I'll have a lot to talk about from our first look inside the Black Spire Outpost. But again, this week, primarily stay tuned to Instagram and the Box People group on Facebook. Thanks, as always, not only to little Timmy Foster, but Becky Mankin and the entire team over at Mouse Fan Travel. They are my official, they're my recommended travel provider because it's who I've used personally for more than 10 years. And more importantly, it's who I trust to help you plan your next vacation, whether you're going to World, Land, Cruise Line, Adventures by Disney, Aulani, or anywhere on the planet. The incredible level of personal service and attention that you get all at no cost to you is just a few of the reasons why I use and love and recommend them. You can visit them over at mousefantravel.com. And as always, my friend, and I promise you that whether we have met yet or not, we are friends. All I ask is that if you like the show, please let others know about it. Tweet out that you're listening. Share it over on Facebook. That is how our community and family grows and more importantly, grows organically and the right way. And if you can, take just 30 seconds to rate and review the show over on iTunes. It's incredibly helpful. I want to thank some recent reviewers like Chuck from Wisconsin, who said this is a great first trip research tool. This is just a very well done podcast, especially for a first time trip to Walt Disney World. Excellent entertainment and you learn quite a bit. If I could offer one criticism, Lou needs to stop defending Song of the South. He's gone way out of his way to defend the movie message, and that does not anything good to his podcast. You see, I don't read these before. So, Chuck, to be clear, first of all, one, thank you. Two, 
I'm not defending Song of the South. What I do say is that despite a lot of very inappropriate and very culturally insensitive messages and scenes, etc. in the film, there are a lot of good elements to it from the music to the acting to some of the other underlying messages in terms of friendship and family and things like that. And it's a shame that so many people don't get to see it because so many of the elements there are ones that we'll never see again because of those insensitivities and things are just not appropriate they weren't appropriate then they're not appropriate now but unfortunately it it taints and tarnishes what in other respects is a wonderful warm heartwarming movie with some phenomenal music that at least we get to enjoy and hear in places like splash mountain uh big crimson says great show it's our favorite disney podcast thank you lou gqbed says it's addictively good WWE Radio brings the magic back from the parks and keeps it alive at home. And no matter how long ago I was last in Walt Disney World, whose friendly and charismatic approach to each episode creates the atmosphere of sitting in my living room and talking to a good friend who is always hungry. GQ bed, it's exactly what I want you to feel. And yes, I am always hungry. No matter how well read I am, I think on a topic, Lou always brings new information or a spin, making me eager for the next episode once the current one ends. This is definitely a can't-miss podcast for the Walt Disney World lover. And Cabius says, it's great. Even after a decade, I started listening in September and working my way through all the back catalogs every single day. Wow. I love the energy and enthusiasm Lou brings to all things Disney. It makes the time between visits to the world all the more magical. I'm up to episode 105 from February 2009. Well, I can't believe that was more than 10 years ago. And still going strong. I just want to say congrats to Lou on winning the podcast award for seven and eight, especially finishing the 2008 Walt Disney World Half Marathon. I can't believe how long ago that was. I recently begun training for the race myself. Congratulations. Inspired by the knowledge that if Lou can do it, then I can do it. Yes, I can. Yes, I can. Cabius. GQ Bed, Big Crimson, and Chuck from Wisconsin. Thank all of you for your kind words and for listening to the show. Again, just to search for WW Radio in iTunes or go to www.radio.com slash iTunes to find out exactly how, when, and where to leave your own review. Finally, and most importantly, thank you, thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart, not just for your time, which I know is your most valuable commodity, your attention, your love, your support, the gift of allowing me to share my passion for Disney with you through the podcast, on social, at Meet to the Month, and so many other ways. And if there's some way that I can repay that gift and to show my appreciation and to say thank you, more importantly, to help you, please let me know. And I hope that you find, more importantly, make time every single day to do something that you love. Find your purpose, pursue your passion, and I hope that you have your best week ever. Thank you again. I love and appreciate you. So until next time, see ya. Hey, Lou, this is John Batney calling from Nina, Wisconsin. A uh, longtime listener, I do not recall if you have covered this little item about Disney's Magical Express or not on a podcast. Um, anybody who's used Magical Express knows that when you book your vacation about a month before your flight, you will receive an envelope with yellow luggage tags that go on your luggage. So when you check in at the airport, it shows up at your hotel. Now, we are a party of four, so we'll receive four luggage tags. However, we are flying on Southwest Airlines, where Southwest allows two bags per person. 
Um, this is in Disney's system, and what happens is you get your first envelope with the four tags in it if you're a party of four, and then you'll receive a second envelope approximately one to three days later with four more tags in it. So you will have enough tags for two pieces of luggage per person if you need them. Um, don't know if you've ever covered that. You don't need to call to get the extra tickets. They will automatically come to you. And I found it is just another one of those ways where Disney gets all the details right. Have a great day. Hey, Lou. Brian from St. Augustine. Just finishing up some great Army PT and uh, catching up on some podcasting. But uh, I am so pumped for Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. I was five years old. I am 34 now. I was fi- I am I was five years old when I first saw my first Star Wars movie. It was Return of the Jedi. And to this day, it is my favorite Star Wars movie out of all of the Star Wars franchise. And I cannot wait to bring my five-year-old to Galaxy's Edge and hold hand-in-hand with him. I cannot lie to you. I'm probably going to cry like a bumbling baby. And he's going to look at me like, Dad, what is going on here? And then maybe later on in his life, he'll be able to recognize why dear old dad is crying having that moment with him. But I am so pumped in August to go to Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. It is going to be incredible. Thank you for so much going into such detail on what everything is going to be taking place in these parks. And hopefully we'll be able to uh, see this hotel and be able to stay there when that comes out. And once again, on the caveat, the retro uh, Disney Marathon stuff just came out. I'm signed up for that coming up in January, which was a meet, which all the merchandise looks amazing already just as far as the shirt detail. So can't wait to see you there also. Have a great day. Have a very safe Memorial weekend. All of us veterans know it's not just a barbecue weekend, so please have a, just a very safe and uh, um, remembrance weekend. Talk to you later, brother. Bye-bye. Hi, Lou. This is Lori Tucker from Martinsburg, West Virginia. I've been kind of all over the place recently, and uh, we saw you in La Tropia last year and really enjoyed meeting you, so thank you for that. I just finished listening to your episode with Jim Corcus, and I think about the many memories that I have at Walt Disney World, but the history of Walt Disney World, and and it brings back a lot of emotion and feeling for me. And I think about being a little girl in a home situation. I, I won't go into details with that, but there will be times as a little girl that I didn't even realize that Walt Disney World was not still living. He was very alive to me, and, you know, the wonderful world of Disney on television was very alive to me. But the healing that it gave me uh, emotionally on those on those times where, as a little girl, that I might be having a hard day or a hard, you know, a hard time, I would think about the most magical place on earth, and I would think about Mr. Disney and how he just really presented this place that was just magical and perfect, and and I would think about that and wonder and and just wish to be there. And so this man, even from the grave, was such a healer and. It was just wonderful for me to be able to think about what it must be like to go there. So, you know, kids, I think today probably even think about that. I think about 
kiddos having cancer and the memories that they think about building there at Walt Disney World and the chances that they get to have to go there and how wonderful it must be for them to imagine that trip that they that they get to have and, and share. And I thank you so much for working with those kiddos with cancer and, and helping them to have an experience that, that gives them some hope and joy. But um, my first time I got to go to Disney World was on my mom and my stepdad's honeymoon. My mom and dad got married and eloped and took my dad's mom and me and my best friend, Sue, and we got in the back of the Cutlass and drove down to Florida, and and it was a marvelous trip. And I got to experience the magic of Walt Disney World for the first time. And the memories that I have of all of those first, the first time driving the car on the speedway, the first time getting on the TTA, the first time walking down Main Street, um, it made me think I would love to have you do a show about your first time at Walt Disney World and others' first times at Walt Disney World and all of those memories. I love sharing those first times with my family, with my husband, and with my sons when they were four-year-old twins. And and the first time I took my granddaughter, and now the first time I'm going to take my newest. Hello, Lou Mangello. It's Gabby Naldo from Columbia, Maryland, actually calling you from World Showcase Promenade. Joe and I are here this Memorial Day weekend, and we have been eating around um, the uh, Flower and Garden Festival all day, and our tummies are very full and very happy. All righty. Talk to you later. Bye. Hey, Lou. It's Christine Morrison from Flower Town, PA. It's Friday of Memorial Day weekend, and since I've been spending so much time in the car lately, I'm really starting to catch up on these shows. So I just listened to 135, and you and Justin Matroni were talking about your ultimate Disney dream. If You know, if you could uh, do something that's actually tangible. So I have two. I would love to um, be one of those people who walks around all day granting wishes um, and surprising people. It would be so much fun like giving somebody fast passes or um, advanced seating to something or, you know, the ultimate, giving them a night in the castle um, that they didn't expect or uh, sending random minivans out to get people who are waiting for a bus or anything. It would be so much fun to, uh, to watch everybody's responses to that. And then my second ultimate dream would be, since I work in the veterinary field, to be able to go to Animal Kingdom and be a veterinary technician there and work with the wildlife. If I could do um, work on the exotic cats, it would be awesome. I do a lot of dentistry, so to be able to clean their teeth or just do anesthesia um, would be a dream, a dream job. Um, so those are my two dreams for uh, my ultimate Disney dream. So. Anyway, have a great weekend. It's Memorial Day weekend, everybody, and it looks like the weather's going to be awesome. Uh, Make somebody smile today. Take care. Bye.
Milk my duds! It's Wreck and Ralph! Yeah? Who are you, the guy that makes the donuts? <laughs> Please. No. <laughs> I'm King Candy. <laughs> I see you're a fan of pink. Salmon. Salmon, that's obviously Sam. What are you doing here? Look, your candiness, this is just a big misunderstanding. <laughs> Bad guys don't win medals. Ralph, you're not going turbo, are you? What? Is that a threat I smell? You are beyond the halitosis you so obviously suffer from. Yes, you are. Winchell, Duncan, get him out of that cupcake and on the first train back home. And if I ever see you here again, wreck it, Ralph, <laughs> I'll lock you in my fungeon. Fungeon? Fun dungeon. You know, it's a play on words. <laughs> it's a fun... Never mind. Now, I've got a glitch to deal with thanks to you. Goodbye, wreck it, Ralph. It hasn't been a pleasure. <laughs> There was Mermaid Minnie Met her down in Madagascar She would kiss me Anytime that I would ask her Then one evening Her flame of love blew out Blow me down and pick me up She swapped me for a trout Got a whale of a tail to tell you last